What is going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down 107.0. And we are starting a new series uh, covering Diablo 2, particularly the resurrected version of Diablo 2. Many years in the making. Yes. Um, today I have with me Matt. Hello, friends. And, um, yeah, Diablo 2. I think, if we, if I remember correctly, that list that we have that has not been updated in a very long time, I'm pretty sure Diablo 2 is on that list, which we made that list in 2012, I think. Yeah. So it's, it's been almost 10 years since we made that list. Diablo 2 has been on it for, for pretty much the entire time. And what better time to play Diablo 2 than with the Resurrected version, which just came out last Friday. Um, and, uh, gosh. What a influential game, I should say. Um... I should, let's let's go ahead and just say uh if it, for those who don't know uh Diablo 2 uh is a video game that came out in 2000 in the year 2000 uh uh by Diablo or Diablo by Diablo yeah Diablo <laughs> made this game uh no by Blizzard Entertainment um Blizzard uh at that time was Huge. Huge. Like, they were like, I mean, to be honest with you, anything they touch is gold, it seems like. Yep. You know, they were known for yeah, their Warcraft. It was obviously their their big flagship title. Um, and I played a lot of, a lot of, of um, Blizzard games back in the day. Uh, Warcraft Orcs and Humans was like my jam. I cannot stand real-time strategy games anymore. <laughs> but when I was a kid, you couldn't take me away from Warcraft and Command and Conquer. Like those two were like my jam. Yep. Um, and they had huge success with with Warcraft, and obviously in two thousand four, World of Warcraft with the the MMO still to this day has millions of players. Um, it's 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 a massive massive game. Um, but the the Would I say Diablo is the 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 little engine that could? Because I I feel like when you think of Blizzard, especially nowadays, the first thing you think of is probably Overwatch. That's like the hot game that they have now. Well, I think you and me think very different things when it comes to Blizzard. <laughs> you think of Warcraft. I think of StarCraft because that is literally one of my favorite games of all time, so, always. Despite yeah. the fact that they never made the StarCraft MMO, they canceled their ghost game. Like, there hasn't been much StarCraft, right? StarCraft 2, sure, came on in three parts, but as a world, there hasn't, I feel like, been as much StarCraft as I've wanted. I get, but it's still my first thought. Yeah, I, I to be honest with you, I get the feeling... They've got a team right now working on a, a new StarCraft, either StarCraft 3 or something of that nature, because they have been so silent with StarCraft Yeah, that I, I think that, you know, because Blizzard, they, they don't, they don't really, they just come out and say, yeah, we're working on this. We're making this. 
and you know it, it's I, I don't think they would. I, I don't think they would lead up to something. I think they would be like, "Yeah, we're working on StarCraft 3. Um, but only after it's been in development for like eight years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, Diablo two. Um, there's a lot of history with this game for me, especially. Um, I have never played Diablo one. Uh, mm. it came out what ninety eight, I believe, was Diablo ninety seven on Windows ninety seven. Okay, so I I was I was I I was ever so slightly young to be playing Diablo. At the same time, I didn't know what Diablo was when I was twelve, eleven or twelve. But I will say. That when Diablo 2 came out, I was the ripe old age of 15 years old. <laughs> and 15 is the perfect age because you're not old enough to drive. You have to rely on other people for pretty much everything. You can't have a job. So what do you do all day? I sit I sit around and, and, and reload checkpoints and kill Diablo multiple times to get a whole bunch of drops is what I do. So I played the living crap out of Diablo 2. Um, and I have the weirdest history ever. When I was a kid, I was weird. I still, I'm still weird, but in a different way. <laughs> I have played, I would say at least, I would put, I would say at least two to three hundred hours of Diablo 2. I did that in the span of a year and a half. Damn. I also did that exclusively with one class, which is the necromancer. I made a single necromancer and played that character. That's it. I don't know why. Yeah, that's strange. I feel like my first thought would be like, "Oh man, I just finished this game. What is it? What does it play like with a different class?" I don't know why I did this. I also never purchased Lords of Destruction. Also seems strange to me. So I've never actually played the DLC for this game. And truth <laughs> be told, me and you sat down and played a little bit together. I don't remember much of this game. For the amount of hours that I put into it, 20 years have passed. <laughs> a lot's happened in 20 years. One of those things is I have lost all, I have no memory of this place. <laughs> um, I went through hell and I blocked it out. Not Obviously I did, um, but I, I played a lot of Diablo long, long time ago. Um like that was like, if you if you asked me, and if I had to put him in order, Metal Gear Solid, Diablo Two, Resident Evil Two are like my top three favorite Ooh. games, and those all came out within the span of like three years of each other. Yeah, I did. What was it that I I had read something somewhere that said that your strongest memories of your life, like your best. Your your fondest childhood memories are going to be from your ages of fourteen and fifteen. 
that's a ride around in there. And like, I, and I, every time that somebody says like this is one of the my favorite things of all time, I'm like, how old were you? And I always wonder like a surprising amount of time it does end up being fourteen fifty. I'm thinking of like my favorite album of all time came out when I was fourteen. You know, a lot of my favorite games came around came out right around that time. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, I, I don't know. Maybe there is something, like you say, like it's the end of, like, it's it's your most aware, your most adult, your most conscious before you start to disperse your thoughts into the world and of senior year and head off to college. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was before I had responsibilities. I could put the time into playing and perfecting a necromancer with all the right stuff, the right gears, the right rune words, all that jazz. So, Matt, how about you? This is a, this is such an interesting gap in my gaming history because I loved Blizzard at this point. I had played Warcraft. I had played Warcraft 2. Um... I never actually played Diablo, and I'm, it, there's a lot of th- factors for this. I never really played Diablo or Diablo 2, ever. Okay. Despite putting, you know, probably the most time I've ever spent with a game is StarCraft. You know, and I played the crap out of Warcraft, Warcraft 2, especially Warcraft 3. I played a ton of that. Um, You know, I played some World of Warcraft off and on. You know, some of their more recent stuff a bit less. But, you know, at this point in my life, I was pretty high on Blizzard. Right, like they could do no wrong for me, and I, I don't know what it is. It came out in two thousand, so we had a computer in my house, but it was not something that was more functional than for like word processing. Until I got my first computer right before I went to college, so I got my first computer in two thousand and one. Um. I'm trying to think. In 2000, when this came out, it was end of junior year, going into senior year. Um, when did the PS2 come out? 99, right? No, that came out in the 2000s. When it 2000? Yeah, maybe, maybe right around that time. So I, you know, let's say I was distracted by the PS2. Sure. Get, getting ready, you know, senior year, getting ready for college. Never played a ton of other PC games because what I had up until that point couldn't really handle much else. And, you know, all that kind of conspired to the fact that I just didn't see this at all. I think the only experience I had with it at that time was seeing Nate play it. Okay. I remember going over to spend some time with some friends and, you know, my friend Don, my friend Nate, uh, they, you know, we, we had some of our first online experiences. So we had Command and Conquer online. We played a little Warcraft 2 together. Um, I remember probably seeing Diablo 2. I don't know if it was 1 or 2 at that point, but I'm pretty sure it was 2. And I remember seeing it and just being like, oh, that looks a lot more complicated than StarCraft. Looks cool. But, you know, I like my Protoss. (laughs) So, I I don't know. I just, I I never really had exposure to it. I I don't think I had the means. I think I was distracted by a million other things. 
you know, heavy on consoles at that point. Sure. Um, and just totally passed this by. I mean, it, it just, it wasn't much on my radar because then I went off to college and, you know, and I didn't game as much in, in college. And what I did was, you know, a, a very small number of games. So, like, I, I just missed it. And then I'm trying to think when the battle chest came out. Um, that was when I made a decision. So I bought the Diablo battle chest, uh, which is what one to the expansion. Yeah, Lords of Destruction. Yep, and uh, a guide. Right. And I got really excited about that. I installed it on my computer, and I'm like, "Wow, this does not look very good." And I said, all right, well, it's a PC game, so I can mod it. And then I spent a week or so trying to figure out how to mod it. I never could. And then I said, I'll get back to this at some other point when I can figure out the mods to make it look widescreen and, you know, sexy. And then that just never happened. So <laughs> there there was an attempt to play Diablo 2, and it never materialized. What year would you say that was? Uh, I bought it day one. Uh, maybe I want to say oh five oh six, two thousand and eight, two thousand eight. Yep, gotcha. Okay. Well, have you? So you've obviously played Diablo three. Yep, played okay. Diablo three approximately two times. You know, played through it on the console, and then. You know, I started off with the PC version, played through about half of it, you know, and then I played the full game on the console, and then I played bits and pieces here and there, so... Right. Yeah, I'd say roughly two times. Yeah, Diablo 3, um, I think at this point I've put more time into Diablo 3 than I have Diablo 2. <laughs> I really have, because I've owned Diablo 3, I bought it day one when it came out on, uh, on PC, and then it came to... Uh, I didn't play 360 or the PS3 version. I did play the Ultimate Evil Edition, which was the PlayStation 4, Xbox One version. I That's what I played as well. I platinumed the PlayStation 4 version, and I am almost 1,000 gamer score on the Xbox version of that. Damn. Uh, so that that's actually... Interesting, because one of the things I really wanted to do before today that I didn't get a chance to do was pop back into Diablo 3. Okay. Because I remember playing it on the on the PC and being impressed. And then I remember playing it on the PS4 and being even more impressed that it translated as well as it did. I, I, will, I can easily, and this may be maybe blasphemy to anybody listening to this, especially the old school players. Playing with a controller is the best way to play Diablo. Do you do you oh, do you leave the three off of there to mean all Diablos? I think or it's, Diablo three. I think it's 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 perfect for all of them. Um, the in because you have better control over your character. You're, one thing that's that's always got me about action RPGs, particularly when it comes to clicking, is that you're not actually you're not you are commanding your character you're not playing as your character you know what i mean 
Yeah, it, it is kind of funny when you just, like, if you were to listen to somebody play on the PC, it's just it's just a million clicks. It's That's click, all it is. click, 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 click. That's all it is, yeah. click. Um, but when I played uh, the console version of Diablo 3 on PS4, I said, wow, this is, this is, this is a game changer. Like this is, this is the best way to play Diablo. Like it really is. Um, I can tell you this, uh, and I knew it going into Diablo 2, that these were going to be two very different experiences. Diablo 3 is, I don't want to say it like this, but Diablo 3 is very simplified. Um, Diablo 3 was really all about the abilities and the synergy between the items you had. Because Diablo 2, there is straight up just an attack button. Attack with the thing that you have in your hand. Diablo 3 didn't have that. You attack with the thing in your hand until you get two skills. Once you get two skills, that replaces it. So while my, you know, witch doctor will have a dagger in his hand, he's never actually stabbing with a dagger. He's throwing a bomb that then explodes. Yeah. Um, so it, it feels a little different. Obviously, Diablo 3 had no skill points. So you weren't actually putting points into a skill. It's every level you unlocked a new ability. You unlocked a new version of a skill that you had. That sort of thing. So they simplified it in that sense. What they then did was they took the items and they made items way more unique and class-specific that synergized with the skills that you have equipped. Diablo 2 is that in the same sense, but your skills synergize with other skills rather than the equipment. Now, the equipment can definitely do that too, but not to the extent that Diablo 3 did. Diablo 2, whatever you put points into, and their skills, if you look at your skill tree, which is actually a tree, you know, you have to, you have, there's prerequisites that you have to put into. Yep. Um, but you'll notice that some skills will actually say at the bottom synergizes with this. So, you know, you may have a perfect example. I'm, I'm actually going for this build. I knew about it back in the, the PC days of Diablo 2. Um, I'm playing a paladin. The paladin, one of the big, uh, uh, builds for a paladin was the what they called the Hammerden, which was Blessed Hammer. Blessed Hammer synergizes with two skills. Buff those two skills and buff Blessed Hammer and you just decimate everything. <laughs> and that's what I'm going for in this game. Um and that's but it was all about putting the the points into it. Once you get the points set up, that's when you start worrying about your gear. What gear does this? What gear does that? You know, and, and, and even your base stats, it gets to a point where a lot of it doesn't really matter. Because there's four base stats. There's strength, dexterity, uh, um, vitality, and then magic, which is like your magic points, MP. Yeah. Mana, whatever. So, Diablo 2 feels 
more complex yet more archaic is the best way I can describe it. Inventory management in Diablo 2 is rough. Yeah. It's not off-putting. Like, it's not making me dislike the game. But it's like, wow, this is like Resident Evil levels of needing to manage my small number of inventory slots. Yeah. And you can see, because Diablo 3, if you remember correctly, Diablo 3, when it first launched, you had to pick up health potions. And you had to keep health potions on you. Granted, health potions sacked, unlike Diablo 2. Um, but then they changed it. Diablo 3 is not the same game that it was when it first launched. Because then they just turned, they, they, they eventually turned health or, or your, your health potion into a timer, like a cooldown. And just got away with how many you have. Um, it, it's, it's a, it, yeah, man, I, I can't even, I could go on and on about the comparisons between Diablo 3 and Diablo 2, but I, I really don't need to do that. Diablo 2 is a very different kind of game than Diablo 3 is. Um, and a lot of the things that we're doing... So the, the weird thing is, is like in Diablo 3, you don't really worry about your gear until you hit like max level. Yeah. In Diablo 2, you can legit get an item at like level 4. And still be using that item at level fifty. It it like it really that's kind of crazy. <laughs> well, and the and the reason why is because is they have it. Diablo two feels way more akin to Dungeons and Dragons when it comes to your stats and your items. Sure, there may be an item that has a little bit better. But the base stats is probably better on the standard item that you got. Yeah. Um, and, and they, they build off of that. It's not necessarily the tools that you use more than the skills that you have. Um, but yeah, uh, and that's, that's one thing I always wanted to mention was while Diablo, I I never associated Diablo with a fantasy D&D type of game until I was playing Diablo 3 for years and then went back and looked at characters from Diablo 2 and compared them with characters from Diablo 3. And I was like, they're straight up just doing Dungeons and Dragons. But the reason why is because of the... When I, when I think Dungeons and Dragons, I think colorful, while Diablo has always been this dark brooding thing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's true. I don't, I, I mean, that, maybe that's just me. And, and granted, there's tons of de demonic stuff that happen in Dungeons and Dragons as well, but I just never, I never compared the two to each other. But Diablo yeah. 2 definitely gives off that because you I mean you got barbarian paladin, you know you got your your rogue which is assassin, you know, you got your different types of 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 D and D style characters. So, but anyway, that is that all your history with the game, Matt? Yeah, basically. I mean, a couple of attempts to play, 
never really having done it, and then, you know, this release is basically exactly what I was trying to make the Battle Chest version to be, you know, 13 years ago. Right. Never got to, and now they've basically just polished it up to where it looks fine. I mean, it's funny, not to the extent that Yakuza was when we were talking about, you know, the, the, the super polish over aged mechanics. You know, this still looks like an older game because of the perspective, and, you know, uh, I believe that they've kept kind of all the dimensions the same between the new and the old version. I think you can even, like, switch between the the palettes, the art styles, old and new, though I don't know how to do that. Uh, but, you know, for all those reasons, it kind of still feels like an old game, but it still kind of looks like an old game, too, because of that, but it also looks like a very, very clean old game, so it it strikes kind of an interesting balance there. It doesn't feel as much like a like they're out of sync with each other as it did in Yakuza, but it also does still just feel older. Yeah, no, definitely. So I, I guess I should mention the the quality of life improvements. So Diablo Two Resurrected, they did a few things to kind of help out a little bit. They obviously cleaned up the graphics. Everything looks a little bit more polished. Um, one of the big things is instead of clicking all the damn time, uh, you don't have to pick up gold. They do auto pick up for gold. Um, they do have the, the miss option. So I know Matt, you, you mentioned the first time we were playing, you're like, man, I got a lot of lag going on. I'm like, I'm not hitting these guys. I'm like, no, it's because every single attack that you do is a dice roll. So back in the day, you just whiff and you wouldn't know if you were actually hitting the guy or not. They give you this miss option where they're like either an X or you can have literally the the word miss pop up every time you uh you attack and and, yeah. and whiff kind of thing. Um, they had a nice heady mix of all of the above. Yeah, I was definitely <laughs> lagging, definitely missing, definitely glitching. Like yeah, I was like, wow, this is this is messy. It's amazing what what happens when you plug an Ethernet cable in. <laughs> no kidding, right? So. <laughs> Um, and, and there's, there's just a few things, um, uh, obviously this comes with Lords of Destruction DLC. So you've got the two extra classes, um, uh, added in, um, which Matt, you're actually playing as one of the extra classes. I, I didn't know I was, but I certainly am. Yeah. I believe the assassin and the druid were the two classes that were added to Lords of Destruction. Yeah, that was my last-minute decision. You yeah. know, I had it narrowed down to Necromancer or Druid. And uh, let's see here. They got Amazon, Necromancer, Sorceress, Paladin, Barbarian, Druid, Sor- and, and, and Assassin. There's seven classes, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I, I went with the Paladin, which is like the complete opposite of the Necromancer. <laughs> <laughs> you get your undead warrior versus your your holy warrior. So, um, which I mean, if you look at Diablo three, they kind of did that. So obviously, the barbarian comes back, and, and instead of the sorceress, you've got the wizard. Instead of the necromancer, you've got the witch doctor. Granted, they did add the necromancer to Diablo three eventually. Yeah. Um, the the only one I don't see is the same 
would be the Amazon. The Amazon, I mean, they have the monk, which feels a lot like an assassin. Um, then the Crusader is obviously a paladin. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of comparisons to those characters. Um, so yeah, uh, let's try, I, I decided I was wanting to give a small little rundown of Diablo lore for everybody to lead up to Diablo two. Cause a lot's happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I know you gave me a primer, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to some of the background and some of what I've missed by not having played or, you know, or, or even really read through what happened in Diablo one. So one of the really fun things about Diablo 3 especially is that they have those lore pickups that you can get. Um, and they they basically detail a lot of things that either took place in, in Diablo 1 or leading up to Diablo 1. Um, so Tristram. Tristram is the town... Uh, in which Diablo is housed, particularly the monastery. Um, a long time ago, there were in hell three greater evils Diablo, Mephisto, and Baal. They were the lords of the hell. The lesser evils, which are like the brothers and sisters of Diablo and his two brothers, overthrew them and cast them out of hell. Sent them to a uh, what what we know as sanctuary. Sanctuary is the name of this world that Diablo takes place. And they brought terror upon Sanctuary. Is it like a realm? Or is it like purgatory? Or is it just like Earth? I think it's just Earth. Okay. I think. So, in order to fight back against Diablo, uh, there was the Haradrim who were built up of warriors and scholars who tried to fight back against Diablo. The Horadrum was able to lock Diablo away in a soul stone. They captured him and put him in this stone and they said, we're never going to let him out. So they built a monastery and buried the stone in the crypts, floors and floors below the monastery. And then they founded a town called Tristram there. It seems maybe like you're asking for problems. Nobody knew that those crypts existed because Tristram stood there for years and years and years and years. Nobody ever talked about it. In fact, it got to a point where Tristan was kind of a run-down town that only a few people lived at. Mm. So, cut to 
right before Diablo 2, Diablo 1 takes place. A man who is the aide to a king begins to get influenced by the evil of Diablo. It's beckoning him and calling upon him. And the aide convinces this king to move his kingdom and establish Tristram as kind of like their home. That king is King Leoric. If anybody remembers, because most of the people I'm assuming that are listening to this have played Diablo 3. The first boss of the first act is, or the last boss of the first act is King Leoric, also known as the Skeleton King, who is obviously dead at this point, uh, or undead, I should say. Uh, King Leoric sets up his, his kingdom in Tristram. He also begins to be influenced by the evil of Diablo. Diablo has grown stronger in the years that he's been locked away, and he's getting ready to escape. King Leoric goes insane. In fact, they, I believe they, that's when they gave him the name of the Mad King, the Mad King Leoric. He starts to get really paranoid. And decides that Westmarch, which is the kingdom adjacent to them, is plotting to take over their kingdom. So he sent his armies to Westmarch to start a big fight with them. Unfortunately, they were no chance against Westmarch. And all of them pretty much die with the exception of one guy. He escaped with his life. He then returns back to Tristram to find Tristram in shambles. And nobody knows where anybody is. The last thing they heard was the majority of Leoric's people went down into the monastery. This is the beginning of Diablo 1. You play as that soldier who came back from Westmarch. Just so happens to be the oldest son of King Leoric. And so Diablo 1 takes place. You go through the monastery, find the crypts, and you keep going down deeper and deeper until you find that Diablo is in the soul stone and... and after being influenced, Leoric, as well as the aide, as well as the youngest brother, which is Aiden, I believe is his name. Matt, you remember this yeah. part? Uh, not really. Okay. <laughs> All right. The younger brother, Aiden, is there too, I believe. They release Diablo from the Soul Stone. And you have a big boss fight with Diablo. You banish Diablo back into the soul stone but the soul stone is now damaged it won't be able to hold so the hero of diablo one the son of king leoric takes the soul stone and shoves it into his forehead basically 
entrapping Diablo not only in the Soul Stone but also in his own mind. That corrupts this person. Diablo basically is taking over this person's body and he wanders the 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 land known as the Dark Wanderer. People constantly see this hooded figure walking around with this what looks like a, a giant stone sometimes looks like a giant hole in his head and uh, uh, nobody really wants to have anything to do with him yep if he looks anything like he does on the cover I can see why Yeah. cut to Diablo 2 which is where we start and we get the cutscene, a nice long cutscene of a uh, man who is housed in either a prison or an insane asylum. We can't really tell. And he gets visited by a man. He calls him Tyrael. Now, <laughs> spoilers, if anybody remembers Diablo 3, they know who Tyrael is. But uh, this man obviously knows Tyrael. And he tells his story of basically what took place. So this man, down on his luck, sitting at a a local tavern, the Dark Wanderer walks in and summons all of these evil spirits, creatures, and demons, kills everybody in the, the tavern, and walks away. And for some odd reason, this man feels compelled to follow him. And he follows him as the Dark Wanderer, constantly wanting to go eastward. And basically, what this is, this whole game, is the retelling of the events. So, we then choose our class and end up in the Rogue Encampment. where Which is a small little tribal outpost if you want to call it that it's strange to have so much backstory for a game that doesn't seem to have much if any actual game story so the 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 thing is is that in Diablo 1 they kind of almost left it on a cliffhanger the hero shoves this thing into his his head and then just walks away and you're like uh oh and then Diablo 2 is basically like, you know, I, I don't know when Diablo 2 takes place, if it's like a year later or a few years later, or it may even be a few months later. I don't know. I can't, I can't recall. But we, we, we take over as a different person chasing the Dark Wanderer. Yeah, it's almost like this. A- this eternal thing it doesn't matter so much about the story. Although three had a fair amount of story, it feels like a bit more story, you know. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more in three than there is in two so far. Yeah, I mean they get more into it in two. Okay, maybe yeah, I just haven't gotten to it yet. No, but uh, it, it could also be because I've spent a fair amount of time grinding. So, like my experience with the game so far is a whole lot of. Slay 50 demons and then turn it off, and then 50 undead, and then turn the game off. Like, <laughs> yeah. That, so far, that's what I've been doing, but I haven't 
you know, I, I've put a lot of time in so far where I'm not making progress intentionally. So, but honestly, the first act of this game doesn't really bring in much story until you get to Deckard Kane. Yeah. Okay. Which I should mention, Deckard Kane is the last of the Haradrim. He that that line is basically dead with him. Uh, he was a scholar for the Haradrim. He knows a lot about demonic lore. He is your go-to guy when it comes to how do we kill Diablo. So that's why he's really important. It seems like Diablo would have a vested interest in getting rid of him. Yes. So, um, taking over as our new character, uh, we meet up in the rogue encampment and basically this, the first few quests are basically proving yourself to the rogues and then trying to figure out the, the, this evil that has taken over the land. So obviously this land is filled with monsters. Uh, a lot of crap's happened and there's a resistance trying to fight back, but there's not much left. So the first few quests are basically just like, you know, you got to help us out. There's monsters everywhere. Could you please help us kill some? We know they come out of the den of evil kind of thing. So we have to go find the den of evil. So there's a lot of go here, do this, come back, yep. which is a lot of Diablo, to be honest with you. Uh, there, there's there's a few more colorful quests involved. Matt, did you do all of the quests in, in Act 1? Uh, no, only the first three so far. Okay. So you, you have not met Deckard Cain yet? No, not yet. Okay, sorry. I, I, I skipped ahead of you then. I, I played a little solo this afternoon, um, and I'm on the last quest for it. So there is a quest in Act 1 that you can completely miss, and you don't have to do it. It's kind of like an optional quest. <laughs> um, which I guess I can... I can talk yeah. about if you want. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, first few quests are pretty simple. Uh, what it leads up to is basically we're trying to find Deckard Kane. Everybody knows that he's this Haradrim scholar who knows probably who is the best person that we can think of that would know how to f to stop this evil that's happening. So. Um, Basically, we're just running around exploring places. Um, when you go into a new area, you can find a warp point that will then take you back to the, I'll, I'll say the hub hub area, which is Rogue Encampment. Um, and it's imperative that you find those and activate them because otherwise you're just going to be doing a lot of walking. <laughs> As Matt found out, um, you can also have town portal, scroll, town portal scrolls, which will allow you to create a portal and go back to town if you need to sell gear, anything like that, and then go back through the portal. But once you go back through that portal, the portal disappears. So, uh, and, and another thing, another thing we have to bring up, and this is something that Diablo 3 changed for the better if you are to die you spawn back in town 
without anything. You drop everything. All your armor, all your weapons, all your gold, everything is dropped and you have to go back and do what we used to call corpse run. Run back to your corpse, pick up all your stuff. Everybody says the Soul Series invented that. Nope, I'm sorry. <laughs> Diablo did. And probably Certainly where I got used to it was Souls. Yeah, and probably uh, games before Diablo. But um, the only thing is that if you die before you get back to your body, it's not like you lose everything. It's like everything that you had is there kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, this is mainly just running around exploring places. Um, we get our first big quest whenever we are trying to discover Tristram, trying to find a portal to Tristram because that's where Deckard Cain is. Um, so in order to do that, we have to find this tree that has, uh, instructions on how to activate the portal. Uh, once we find the tree, uh, we can then see the order that we have to touch these stones that then open a portal to Tristram. Uh, when we go through to Tristram, we see that the entire town has been blocked off. So you can't escape Tristram. Uh, and the entire town is on fire. And there's monsters everywhere. But they have captured uh, Deckard Cain, and we can save him. Uh, and when we uh, get Deckard Cain, take him back to the rogue encampment, that's when he starts getting into more detail about what's actually happening. Um, and then he gives us our last quest of Act 1. Now, I didn't do the last quest of Act 1, but I did do a side quest. Uh, it, it, it's so if you hit the start menu and you look at your active quests and stuff like that, there's six little symbols for quest. The fourth quest is completely optional and it's basically, you can, there's two ways to activate it. You can find a, a, uh, a journal that talks about the place, or you can just find the place and go in, but it's a tower and you have to descend five floors and five boss there the countess the countess yeah um i've ran into some pretty hard stuff so far yeah i was gonna ask about the difficulty because does i assume it scales based on how many people you've got because you can have a pretty big team playing this together right yes Yes, so, um, and it does. Every time a person joins the party, uh, if you look at the at the left, it will say the minions of Diablo grow stronger. Yeah. So um, it, it does scale based on how many people are, are in the party. Does it scale also based on the level of the people? No. No. Okay. So uh, if, you start a, if you start a lobby, you can specify who can join by the level cap. So you can say only 10 levels uh, below or, or above me kind of thing or however many you want. Yeah, okay. So, uh, but yeah, me, uh, you and I played uh, about, what, about two hours together. 
Yeah. Um, did what the first three quests? Yeah, first three. Yeah. It was not bad. It was fairly smooth uh, once I got my internet sorted out. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, as far as uh, specking your your character out, Matt, let's let's talk about that a little bit. How how is what's what's the build? Uh, I wouldn't say what's the build you're going for because I'm sure you haven't looked at any of them. But um, well, I did actually look up. There was three builds that I saw. Okay. After, I mean, I haven't followed any of them yet, but basically. You know, I, I kind of like the idea that the druid can do a bunch of different things. Oh yeah, right. It can it can be damage. I can transfer into a werewolf and hack people apart. I can use some magic. Apparently, it's like wind magic mostly that he uses. Okay. Um, I may start morphing into this beastmaster build, which is really just about summoning minions to fight because I, I did like the fact that I could have multiple minions at the same time beside me kind of sopping up the attacks while I just cast uh, ranged damage. Sounds a little bit like you should have went necromancer boss. <laughs> yeah. Well, those are my two options. I didn't realize that they had that in common, uh, but I, I do, I do like that. I feel like it's, you know, for me, it's like a little bit more tactical. Like I can bring in certain enemies in certain situations. I can protect myself while having the minions, you know, take the brunt of the attack. So I, I don't know. I, I kind of like that from a, you know, from a you know, kind of tactical perspective. So you're looking at using bows, I'm assuming? Yeah, now that I know how, I certainly will intend to. <laughs> <laughs> you want to explain that? <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I had... Uh, you know, it, it was only coming out of this. I'm like, once I started to see the value of my minions, because I assumed they weren't going to last very long, and it was just a thing that I use in in the heart of battle just as a way to increase my damage output. But once I realized that they were going to stick around, you know, I, then it really, like, moved me in that direction to say, all right, now I actually want to stay back. You know, this is a this is a permanent part of my, my attack strategy. So I want to be more ranged. I want to use these bows. So... I spent almost all of my gold on that bow, uh, and it was in my inventory with a nice red outline on it, and I just kept staring at the stats, like, what is going on? I clearly have enough dexterity, I clearly am a high enough level, I've got arrows, I have everything I need, I can't imagine what else is blocking me from being able to use this bow. And I never did figure it out in-game. You know, I sent you the screenshot, I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. And then it was only through reading a random article. I'm trying, I was trying not to read reviews of the game, but more just like, you know, what was the thought process? How much did they revamp? I was just interested in reading a bit more. And they were talking about having maintained some of the rough edges to keep it with a little bit more of its historical perspective. Sure. And that, that was one of the ones that they actually called out that people would call in and complain about not being able to use the bow. And they were like, well, did you equip the arrows? And people would be like, no, that doesn't even make sense. Why would I have to do that? So that was exactly the part that I didn't do. I had arrows. I had a bow. I could use the bow. I just didn't equip them and merge them together. <laughs> have you since so, equipped the bows or yeah, the arrows? Not yet. Okay. Uh, that's my, my next thing to do. Okay, gotcha. Well, the next time we play, uh, I'll join your game and we can wipe up some of those... Uh, 
some of those quests for you. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, as far as my character goes, like I said, I'm I'm, I'm probably going to go with the Hammerden, uh, which is straight up just blessed hammer. It's all about blocking, so always have a shield. Um, there's there's two big skills that you can have for the shield uh, to get to max block. Max block in this game is 75%. If you can get 75% block, that means 75% of the time that you get hit, it's blocked. Well, it's not that every time you get hit, it blocks 75% of the damage. Yeah, no. It's 75% of the time it's blocked and negated. So... There are ways to break this game, much like there are in Diablo <laughs> 3. And that's part of the fun about Diablo. And one of the reasons why Diablo 3 at the beginning sucked. Because they, they, they tailored that game to make it to where you, you can't break the game without spending fucking money. <laughs> I don't even know. Should we even get into that? Cause I, I feel like. I feel like we have to because most people's entry point to this series was Diablo three. And the, and I, I have to say being a Diablo fan, Diablo three at launch on PC was horrible. It was horrible. They implemented that real money auction house. And because people were paying real money for in-game items, they had to make things super rare, which completely breaks the the whole reason of Diablo. The whole reason you play Diablo is to get better gear. You do the same thing over and over and over again, getting better gear. And in Diablo 3 at launch, you would get better gear and then immediately try to sell it for money. So they said, okay, well, we got to make sure that you can't just have legendaries dropping constantly. Yeah. Because it, it makes our auction house useless. So they made everything impossible to get. I could sit down and play a two-hour session of Diablo 3 at launch and get zero things that are better for my character. I never, to be honest with you, the first year of that game, I never actually finished the game. I turned it, I, I quit playing it. Yeah, I didn't make it all the way through. It wasn't for that reason. But, uh, yeah, I, I made it maybe 60% of the way through. And I remember I was still on their mailing list. And they sent me an email saying, you have been invited to try out the new Loot 2.0 system. Because everybody complained about the auction house. They finally got rid of the auction house. They released a new update called the Loot 2.0. And I was like, you know, I hadn't played Diablo in a long time. Let me try it. I jumped in, instantly started getting better stuff from my character. I said, hey, guess what? Diablo's back, baby. And I became obsessed with that game. Like, I, I really did. And it got to a point where, where Blizzard was doing so many things right with Diablo 3. You know, it seemed like every other 
week they were doing an event. They say, oh, more treasure goblins or 200% more legendary drop for the, for the, for this weekend. And then there was one time where they did the, a hundred percent extra legendary drop. And at, at the end of the weekend, they left a note saying, you guys loved it so much. We're just going to leave it like that. <laughs> and they did. And I was like, dude, and that, that was the thing. They, they, rather than nerf things, they continue to buff things, but then gave people the option to play at a harder difficulty. So rather than keep the difficulty the same and making your stuff worthless, they said, okay, you guys can break the game however you want to. We're going to make it harder for you. Yeah, it's an interesting approach. It was perfect. It kept people going. When you hold people back, they stop playing. When you let people do what they want and give them a harder challenge, they keep going. They keep playing to rise above that challenge. It was a smart move by them. Diablo 3 had a, I mean, at this point, Diablo 3 is still a great game, but Diablo 3 has kind of run its course at this point. But for about three years there, Diablo 3 was pumping out content, pumping out updates constantly that kept me coming back. I mean, I still play it occasionally. You know, now I'm, I've obviously got, you know, the Diablo 2 that I'm playing through. But, um, yeah, that, that kept me going for a long time. Um, Diablo 2, like, there's tons in this game that you can just straight up just make it, like, just blow it up. And they, yeah. don't, and they don't care. They're fine with that. So it be an interesting game if we do go through and, you know, play through the whole thing and then go into the expansion because just spending that amount of time with it will be different for me because having played Diablo 3, like, I played through it and I played through most of it again, but I never, you know, m- many people would say that that was just the, you know, the precursor to the game. And then it's really the end game content that's why you would play it. But I, you know, I, I kind of went through the, the campaign and, and and then stopped. Right. So it would be interesting to be able to play through a game this way, get all the way through it as part of kind of this Phoenix Down, and then potentially either continue or dive back into it on my own and be like, all right, now I can actually play the part of this game that I've never experienced. Right. Diablo 3's adventure mode, which was was added in uh, the expansion Reaper of Souls, was the godsend. That was the end game. You had the Nephilim Rifts. You had the yep. adventure mode. You yep. had they brought back the the uh, Herodric Cube, so you could you could min max everything to to however you wanted it, tailor make it. But there was still a little bit of randomness in there, so you could so I can get a little bit better. I know I can. I just got to gamble for it. They they did a great job with that, um, and it's I mean the Her- the Herodric cubes in Diablo two. In fact, you get it probably in well, I think it's Act two. I can't remember, but you can you can straight up just start making stuff. You can start doing it then too. <laughs> um, but yeah, unfortunately, we don't have that much to talk about as far as the the gameplay or the in game stuff goes because we didn't get far enough in. The story kicks in story starts to kick in a lot more when you when you meet with Deckard. Yeah, definitely killed a lot of skeletons though. 
Yeah, killed, skeletons killed a lot of fallen. Killed a lot of, a lot of zombies. A lot zombies. Of fallen. Yeah. There's 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 a method to some of their their madness. Fallen, obviously. The the little guys, any any little guy like that. If you kill one of them, if you're say you're surrounded by a fallen, you kill a fallen. The other fallen usually run away because they're scared, but then they come back. And yeah. they also have their shamans, which will bring them back to life. So if you run into a shaman, you need to kill him first. Unless you're trying to kill 500 enemies to get an achievement, and then I just let them keep spawning. <laughs> you can't. You can do that too. I promise you, Matt. If you just kept playing, you would kill 500 <laughs> enemies. There's a million enemies in this game. But uh, we do have an email uh, that I want to read off. It comes in from. Uh, from Dustin here. Let me bring it up here real quick. That's an Amazon email. No, thank you. <laughs> I was going to ask you just, you know, before you get into that, the one one thing I was going to ask you was when I was trying to decide a class, I'm like, what if I don't want the best? I don't want the most balanced. I don't want the one that compliments you or class the best. I just want the coolest class. The one that has like the flashiest attacks and you know i don't know is there is there any accommodation for other considerations when it comes to the classes like is there a beginner class that's easier to play than the others i i just kind of generally assumed that the two expansion classes would be more complex than the others because Maybe they made the assumption that you already played through the base game, so you already know how it works, so they're going to add some complexity and difficulty. Are, does it scale at all, like, oh, this is the one that's flashy, or this is the one that's easy, or are they all just kind of equivalent on those scales? You know, that's that's a hard one to, to come across, or to, to mention. Um, uh, coming from a guy who has only played Necromancer, uh, <laughs> and, and now Paladin, uh, they're Big differences between the paladin and the necromancer. The paladin, I noticed while playing as him, I'm I'm like level thirteen now. Um, the paladin is most certainly a melee oriented character. Um, he's big on defense. Um, he's big on the auras. So two of his two of his his uh, ability or skills uh, trees are auras. Offensive auras and defensive auras, um, and then there's there's one that's like active abilities. Um, the necromancer is relatively flashy. He's all about his pets, bringing either skeletons or golems to life, um, and um, I would say the flashiest character would probably. Like I would have imagined, you know, like a wizard would be the flashiest, yeah, right? Like big uh, explosive spells. That's what I would say would be the the sorcerers would be uh, a, a pretty big one. Um, uh, assassin is relatively flashy, I believe. Um, everybody has their own. Like, there, there is no best class in this game. Yeah, it really seems like it's more about the style of play you want rather than difficulty or complexity or yeah definitely there's definitely some some variance to each class um 
you know, I mean, obviously the the big the big build for the barbarian was the whirlwind barbarian. Um, that was like the the big one, and it still is even in Diablo three. Um, uh, Necromancer uh, was uh, I was all about the uh, the iron golems. Iron golems never died ever. Like they they were just so beefy. Um, Can you? Summon multiple, or is it one at a time for for your summons? What do you mean, like for for necromancer? Yeah, uh, or or for me the druid. Like I, would, <laughs> if I could just summon a new wolf every two minutes, and I had a whole pack of wolves, that would be pretty cool. That I don't know about the druid, but I know that skeletons you could summon summon multiple skeletons for the uh, for the necromancer. I'm pretty sure you could summon more golems at the same time too. I could be wrong. I can't remember. That's now. pretty cool. I kind of assumed I could summon one of each, but not multiples. But that's also, you know, next time I get into a hairy situation, I'll try that. It also may depend on the next level that you put that skill point in. So, you know, obviously uh, you can put a skill point into a skill and learn it, but you can buff that skill more by putting more skill points into it. Some of those thresholds may be, now you can summon two wolves instead of one. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I, you, I would definitely take a look at that. I'm not, I'm not sure though. Especially if I'm going to go Beastmaster. Yeah. No, I haven't really done that to date because I've kind of just been doing a little bit of each. Like my first, my first ability that I got was to turn into a werewolf because I'm like, well, obviously this is what I want to do. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a druid. I'm a shapeshifter. You know, if I can turn into a werewolf and a bear, you know, I'm basically playing Alter Beast here. Alter Beast RPG. Do do you wise from your grave? I do wise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our email comes in from Dustin. Uh, it uh, is <laughs> it's labeled Devil Dose. <laughs> says, uh, "What's up, guys?" Uh, so I completely missed out on Diablo, or on the Diablo craze back in the day, since I was mainly a console gamer, and I don't know if I even had a PC that could run it. Yep. My friends Same. were really into it, so every everything I know was from them constantly talking about it. I have a vague memory of a friend who ran into a some rare Diablo walking the earth, and it's super rare or something, but he was playing his mule, so he needed help to kill it and had to get some strangers in his game. I also remember making fun of him since he admitted to buying a rune that was a very low drop percentage rate on eBay for $7 because who would spend real money on an in-game item? Ha, 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 shit. (laughs) (laughs) I know this game is highly regarded as one of the best and most influential games, so it's been on my backlog for years as a game I really need to get around to playing. I did briefly try co-op with my friend back in the day, but I don't really count that since it was one of his extra characters. So my first Diablo game was Diablo 3 when it came to PS3, and I played online co-op with my brother and enjoyed the mindless grind. I always heard 2 was better since it was more customizable, so I wanted to go back to it. Fast forward 20 years. Hey, sweet, a remake. Okay, I'll drop 25, maybe 30 dollars let's go download what it's 40 freaking jesus christ blizzard i'm not trying to fund your legal battles (laughs) (laughs) talk about price gouging if it wasn't a phoenix down game i wouldn't have bought it anyway 
I went necromancer since I like unique jobs that aren't your typical warrior maze thief whenever they're offered. As far as exact point allocation goes, I'm not sure, but right now my build is I have three skeletons, two maze skeletons, one clay golem, uh, one blood golem that's soft and dies fast. I have five bone teeth for range attack and discovered corpse explosion is fun and good. Picked up bone armor so I'm not too soft. I think curses looks that I don't. I didn't think curses looked that useful, but I did pick up the first one. Weaken or something makes enemies vulnerable to physical attack. The poison abilities didn't look that great either. The stats are a little confusing. Uh, they're your basic strength, dex, health, and magic energy. The confusing part is that they have some of my summons listed by dex. So if yep. I'm increasing dex, does that make my summons more powerful? I'm assuming health is just your health and energy. Uh, is uh, health is your health and energy is your MP. So I have high energy, high dex, even though it might be completely useless. I don't know. I have enough strength just to get me to wield a decent weapon or armor. But I wish I had a good ranged weapon. I haven't found a one-handed weapon I like. I also have okay health. So yes, uh, if 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 an ability is tied to uh, to a a a stat, whether it be strength or dexterity, yes, putting points into that will will right, potentially increase the damage dealt by your pets. Um, it it's not a one to one ratio. I'll put yeah, it that I think way. So far, I put all of my points. I I skewed my points into dexterity because it said that my attack was going up. But I think for the Beastmaster mode, I need to switch that and put all the rest of them into strength. Yeah, because I think that translates into my pets. So the 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 big thing to uh, also remember if you are definitely going for some type of blocking or dodging mechanic um, dexterity is my friend while I play a strength based character the higher my dex is the higher my block is and I'm going for that 75% block yeah so I'm putting a lot of points in the dex just so I can have that block up yeah that makes sense what about does it also affect stamina Or would, it, would that be strength? I, I think that's vitality. I could be wrong. I can't remember. Yeah, I have to spend some more time with it. It's, it's been all just sinking into it and kind of exploring. But I need to kind of understand the relationships there so I know <laughs> I how mean, to build my Beastmaster. Definitely don't be afraid to go look at a wiki. Uh, they can explain a lot better than I can. Because there's a lot of stats in this game that I'm like... I don't exactly remember what that means. You know, because yeah. you have your attack rating, but then you also have your attack. <laughs> so you have, so there's two different things. Uh, there, there's different things that govern different things. You know. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I was actually hoping to spend more time with that guide as if I was playing this in 2008 when the battle chest came out. Right where where it gives you the basics, it tells you about those relationships, but it doesn't really give you strategy or tell you how to optimize all that much. Um, 
but then I would have never seen, you know, these different builds and wind druids and beastmasters. So I don't know. I, I, I probably will use the internet a bit. You know, I'm not trying to be a hero here, but I, I do kind of like actually flipping through that physical guide as well. It, you know, it's kind of fun just to look through it. And even though all of the images are from the original version, it's, you know, it's a little bit of a throwback. Yeah, it's still the same game. Yeah. It says, uh, maybe Drew, the master of necromancy, can give me some pro tips for a good build. So since I just fought the second act boss and I'm either underleveled at 20, undergeared, or necromancers aren't very good solo, or I just have a <laughs> shitty build. I had to kite him in circles. Uh, there wasn't a way to summon skeletons, so I had to use my clay golem that could take three hits instead of one, like the blood golem, and deal magic damage when I had a chance. It was frustrating, and I had to portal back to town probably ten times to refill potions and hire a companion who would die just as fast. It sucked. So, yes, uh, there is a um, there is a need to grind in this game a bit. Um, the only thing you really have to do is save and quit and come back in because every time you return to the game everything is randomly generated um grinding it's not like a jrpg grind do it a few times you should be okay so like i said i'm at the end of act one and i'm level 13 we're most certainly under leveled if you were at the the act two boss so I would I would say at least grind. In fact, I, I'm willing to bet I'm probably going to be 27, 28 when I get to the Act 2 boss. Oh, wow. Yeah, you you really need to be. You really need to be. Uh, if I remember correctly, so Diablo 3, the, the level cap was 60. And then in the expansion, they made it 70. I want to say, don't hold me to this. I want to say the the level cap in Diablo 2 is 99. So make your way there. <laughs> I I think so, yeah. I mean you don't you don't need to beat the game at 99 or something like that, but um you you were you're definitely you can definitely find yourself underleveled in this game. So I would definitely do a little bit of grinding. Uh, as far as a necromancer build, I was all about the iron golems. Iron golems have the highest defense. Uh, in fact, I would put points into the the golem uh, tier just enough to get the prerequisites and put all of your other points into iron golems. Iron golems break that game. Uh, blood golems, mm, nah, no, no, no. Clay golems are okay, but iron golems are the way to go. That's the one I did, and then I also did a really good build with thorns. So, um, um, uh, for those who don't know, thorns is a characteristic in this game where certain items will give you the thorn ability thorn is a passive ability where if you get hit by an enemy, they take damage. Um, it's very prevalent in Diablo three Diablo two had it as well. So if you ever find some gear 
that has thorns on it might want to hang on to it. It may not be the best for your build currently, but with the right combination, you could be halfway killing an enemy by them hitting you. Oh yeah. That's how, that's how crazy this game can get sometimes. Um, iron golems though. Iron golems can, can, can be your tanks while you throw out some bone stuff to the enemy from a long distance. Also, quartz explosion is really awesome too. So if you, especially if you get into a bunch of mobs, you kill a, you kill just a few enemies and you got a corpse on the ground, blow that corpse up. Now you've got more corpses on the ground. Yep, set those landmines. Yes. Uh, Diablo 3's Necromancer had that as well. Holy shit, was that fun. So, yeah, that's that's the Corpse Explosion is really cool. Dude, there's, there's about three or four really good builds for uh, the Necromancer. I don't know how you feel about looking it up and, 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 and seeing the builds or something like that. I have no problem with going with put these points into this kind of thing because there's still a lot of randomization when it comes to your uh, gear that you're going to equip. And uh, last paragraph here. This game is old, but uh, that's okay. I'm still digging it, and I'm enjoying my time with it. Although I, although I do find myself half dozing off, since the only time I can uh, game is before bed, so that's not technically the game's fault. Uh, the inventory is a little tight, and you learn quick not to even bother with weapons and armor you don't need or that are low level. Till next yeah. time, Dustin. So yeah, I take up too much space. <laughs> So here's the thing, and this is the biggest thing that I can tell you is that uh, there's 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 two mindsets. Obviously, you have the colored tiers. You got the the gray, which is just crap. Don't even worry about it. White, which is normal. Blue, which is magic. Yellow, which is rare. And then you go into the sets, which is green. And then you got the unique items, quote legendaries in air quotes. Um, obviously legendaries and sets you always pick up. Don't ever, ever leave those on the ground. And you can tell the color before you identify, right? Yes. You can tell the color before you identify. Yes. Um, uh, when it comes to rings and amulets, usually pick them up. They don't take much space. Uh, you never know what you're going to get with those. Um, but here's the thing. One of the big end game things is rune words. So uh, they didn't have this in Diablo 3. Diablo 3, they changed the runes to be like different augments on your abilities, if you remember. Um, rune words are a socketed item that you put into your, your equipment. If you put the rune words the, almost like like, you know, Fusroda from, like, friggin' Skyrim, if you put them in the correct order, it enhances them to be a different skill that it's almost like having a legendary or almost like having a set piece. The kicker is you can't put rune words into anything that is rare or magical. So a blue item or a yellow item can't equip rune words. 
But let me tell you, rune words beat damn near everything that's blue or yellow. (laughs) So you have to put them into white items. So even though you find a white item that you say, ah, it doesn't have any magical properties on it, but it has two or three slots, you might want to hang on to it. Which is a pain given the limited inventory. So I guess you take it, trek it all the way back and stick it in your box. You can. Matt, as it stands right now, we really don't need to worry about our gear until we at least hit Act 3. Yeah, okay. When we get into Act 3, once you get into the mid-30s, that's when you need to start worrying about the the gear that you're getting. Right now, if you see something, it's got a higher number, go for it. You yeah, know, keep that, it simple. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep it simple. Uh, once you get into Act 3 and 4, that's when you start looking at, like, yeah, okay, let's let's get these. But that's going to be it. How you feeling about it, Matt? Pretty good? Yeah, a little better than I expected. Um, you know, again, just given kind of a little bit of anticipation, right? This is a game I've wanted to play for a long, long time. Um, you know, and, and all the kind of positivity and the way this has built, been built up. I don't want to say I expected it to blow me away, but I did expect it was going to be good. And then, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just expected to dislike it, given the age, given that I don't have the history with it. But it's actually been better than I expected. I mean, some of the things like the inventory again really don't bother me. Um, you know, it feels stiff, but it, it feels like I can see the progress you know i've got my levels that are going up i've got my spells that i'm you know in my abilities that i'm gaining my gears getting better and you know and, and we're progressing through the act so there, there's plenty of feel of progression so far and that's you know that's what i'm kind of digging the most out of it okay it's a pure nostalgia trip for me <laughs> Especially when that music kicks in. That's, uh, that's like, oh man. I heard that many a night at like, you know, 1230 in the morning. With, with... <laughs> I wonder if there's any commentary there on having blocked out the actual like gameplay, but like the music is still there in your head. Yep. Later. Yeah, it, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh yeah no it's i i it, it's definitely it's definitely old it's definitely a little archaic but it's definitely diablo like they, they i have to give it to them the resurrected there could have been a couple of more things that i wish they would have done get rid of that inventory shit really really like like make you 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 already have diablo 3's inventory just do that yeah you know, but, um, but then do they have to rebalance and do a lot of other things? And, you know, it, it, it's a thing you always wonder when, when you do these kind of remakes and remasters, you know, how far do you go with right. updating? 
right? Do you want it to be exactly the same like this? And the, you know, I, I picked up, well, at some point last year, the, the Command and Conquer remaster, and you can do the same thing where you can switch between the pixelated old version or the new remade version. But, you know, I, I, I always appreciate that because it's kind of cool to see the side-by-side or, you know, immediately after switching between the two because I think it is kind of the case that if if I hadn't known this was the remaster and somebody just told me, hey, this is just Diablo 2 and I added a couple of mods onto it, I probably would have been like, oh, yeah, this is this is what I expected it to look like with a couple of mods. But realistically, had I ever been successful in 2008 with those mods, it would not have looked nearly this good. But, you know, you kind of get that inflation. What you remember it to look like, like, wow, I didn't realize it looked as bad as it did. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. There, that piece of it for me kind of makes this feel a bit like I expected it to feel, but only kind of because I was deluded about what to expect originally. Right. So that that part of it is kind of really fitting with what I wanted. And, and again, I like that kind of swapping. I want to do some of that swapping to see how different it does look in the old version. Right, right. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm liking it. I really want to see where it goes. Again, I more for the progression and and my build and feeling like a badass than for the story or anything else. But you know, I'm I'm eager to progress. Well, there you go. Also, I one thing I, I do want to mention before we leave that opening cutscene. Yep. How is that from two thousand? There's no way it is. It is. No, they must. They they yeah, the scenes right, but not the actual, not the actual footage or imagery like that. That's been completely redone. There's no way that's from 2000. Boss. No I, way. I'm pretty sure it is. Diablo two, opening. No way. Maybe it is it is changed. I don't know. I saw something that said scene for scene. It's a nearly one-to-one recreation of the original video. Really? Yep. And it says... Maybe that's the reason why I thought it was the same. Maybe the exact same audio. Unclear. It's almost eerie how close of a reproduction the cinematic is, it says. (laughs) Okay, yeah. It's It's definitely newer. Yeah, it's definitely newer. Yeah, and also, like... Going back to this point, like 2000, you know, in all the Blizzard games at this point, it was almost like a marquee. I mean, for me, it was it was Final Fantasy and it was a Blizzard game, like it, the best possible visuals. Yeah. Like, I, ju- I just remember being like amazed every time people would like pull gloves on and be like, oh, these gloves are the best looking gloves I've ever seen. So... Uh... 
that's one thing I have to give Blizzard. They should, they they really should just make their own movie. Yeah, they've always done amazing cutscenes. Diablo three has some amazing cutscenes. Yeah, it does. And even that cinematic, I mean, the one for Diablo four, which is why I feel like there's been a lot more Diablo in my life than Starcraft, right? Just when having played Diablo three more recently and, you know, then it coming to the consoles and then the Diablo four trailer. And then now this Diablo two resurrected. I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of Diablo in the last couple of years. I legit cannot wait for Diablo four. Yeah. That, that cut scene was awesome. I like I've, I've seen, I've seen gameplay of it. I've seen like, they, they've already came out and said that Diablo four is going to be more of like a pseudo open world. Hmm. Like there, there is no like I mean, you're gonna go into places a la kind of like a a Dark Soulsish kind of thing where you know it just pops up on the screen. You're here now. <laughs> you shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I I cannot wait for the game. Like, oh man, it looks so good, and I'm going, I'm going freaking druid. Unless they like, because they've only announced what four classes in that game so far. I think they said there were going to be six. You got Druid, Barbarian. Oh, what's the other ones? Diablo 4 class list. Rogue, Barbarian, Druid, Sorceress. Is there any release date? Oh god, no. Still a ways away. Yeah, we got a while. Yeah, well, we have a brand new Diablo 2, so... There you go. But that's going to be it for us. I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, if you'd like to send us an email, it's drew at ztgd.com. Uh, please let us know if you're playing along with us. I know there's a few people out there playing. Uh, please send us an email. Tell us about your build. Tell us how you feel about the game. Uh, you can also uh, tweet to us. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. But uh, we're going to get out of here. That's it for uh, Diablo 2 for now. Until, the, until next time, I am Drew. And I am Matt. <laughs> I said that, that funny, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, but we're going to get out of here. Uh, hope you guys have a great week. And we'll be back next week with the continuation of Diablo 2 Resurrected.